Well, good morning and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Jason Stowell. Jason is a 25-year veteran and his CV just goes on and on from JCCA to LA Fitness to Powerhouse Gym. There's nothing that Jason hasn't done and I'm very excited to be chatting with him today. We are going to be talking about how you can gain an edge over your virtual competitors. He's going to give you eight tips that's going to see you just explode into the marketplace. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Now, you are a 25-year veteran. You have probably seen everything throughout the industry, (laughs) nearly three decades. Tell me, is it true that you started out as a janitor? Yes, yes, actually. Uh, Right out of high school, I, I, I decided to go to school to be a high school history teacher, but I knew I wanted to work out because I graduated. I weighed about 125 pounds, and so I decided that, you know, this broke kid to get this job at this local independent club, and one of the perks of being an employee was you got free personal training, and so I met these two guys, Mario and Darren, who taught me this unbelievable volume of information at 18 years old, and I gained probably 30 pounds that first year, and just fell in love with fitness. So eventually I went from janitor to, you know, uh, front desk, from front desk to lifeguard, and then I got my personal training cert with ACE. Um, And then when the time came to make the decision on whether I wanted to be a high school history teacher, or at that time I was a personal training director, I decided to keep giving fitness a try, and it's just kind of snowballed from there. And 25 years later, I'm thankful to still be in the industry sharing. Well, you've had a really successful career, and you've obviously obviously seen a lot of changes in the industry over nearly nearly three decades. But I want to ask you this. Two years ago, you decided to start doing your own content. So therefore, there was a decision behind that. What was that decision? Thank you. So I know you and I share this passion for professional development, and so if you can, for the listeners that aren't uh, in their they're more advanced age like myself. Back in the 90s, the internet was just kind of a potato with wires in it. So there was no YouTube or Googling, you know, how to, how to be a better personal training salesperson. And so what I had to do was find different resources from different industries and kind of whittle it into my own successful program and then just build on that. About two years ago, we've had this explosion of experts, uh, quote-unquote experts in the field of um, – these, these professionals have less than five years, but they're promising me to buy a solution and 10x my personal training and all this stuff, right? The podcast has now become like the lemonade stand of new, new professionals. Um, and so what I found two years ago is I had to start untraining new employees before I ever got them to start uh, learning the, the right ways. Um, and so I started, I, the first thing I did was I put off this 100 tips for the fitness sales professional, and it went viral, and from there I started blogging, and then blogging led to speaking at conferences, and that's led to um, me writing my my own book here now, and and doing some other really exciting stuff, so um, really it was just driven out of uh, trying to save other professionals from the landmine that is professional development in the industry right now. I mean, it's incredible really how fast the fitness business industry has grown, and you know, 
I'm not sure about you, but I actually get quite annoyed when I see people calling themselves experts and they've only been in the industry for a short period of time. And in some cases, some of them have never even worked behind a reception desk or even done any solid sales. And it's great to see somebody with so much experience like you, you know, developing your own content to correct the, the wrong ways that these guys have got. Now, obviously at the moment, Jason, we've seen a great big turnaround um, in our industry. We've gone from having our doors open to having our doors closed. We don't have any customers coming through the line. And overnight, the whole industry scrambled to a solution. What were they going to do? Because they solidly relied on those doors being open. And I would have to say, and you would have to agree with this, in a 48-hour period, we went from having, example, 10 online programs to having 1 million online programs. <laughs> You know, the, yes. the, the Zoom shares actually doubled. The Zoom mm -hmm. shares actually doubled. The problem is now that we've got all of these people out there with their group programming, with PT happening, with nutrition, and it's really going to be a matter of best person wins, isn't it really? Because we don't own our space anymore. We used to own our space. We don't own our space anymore. These virtual people are going out there, these trainers, and they're fighting for our consumer, our clients, and they're fighting for our space and our careers. What are some of the ways that you feel that we can beat these competitors? You, Everything you said there is so crazy accurate, right? You know, I, I think all of us knew that on-demand was kind of coming, right? Revenue year over year was up 59%. Uh, the day closures started to happening across the globe, Peloton stock shot up even further than it already was. Um, so yeah, it's amazing how fast the, the industry mobilized to to get virtual. Um, now the challenge is how do you how do you weed yourself out of like you said the millions of offerings? Um, and so what I've been trying to help. Uh, businesses do is really not just get online because most of us are there now. But how do we how do we get better, right? So I have I have eight tips I'd like to share uh, with your your listeners. Um, and the very first one is, is really just to remember that the fundamentals are still sound. The way you build relationships, you the way you engage with your people is still uh, uh, very similar to what it was in person. Uh, Zig Ziglar once said, sales isn't something you do to someone. Sales is something you do for someone. So again, remember why we're doing this, why we're putting this online. It's not just to stay in business. That's absolutely critically important. But it's because we want to provide value to people's lives. So tip one is to remember the fundamentals that people buy solutions. They don't buy workouts, right? So if you're selling a perpetual workout program, you're destined to fail. People would much rather see my four-week booty boot camp class online um, for X amount of dollars, right? Or Hell Week. We're going to launch Hell Week this week. You're going to tune into my class at 6 a.m. all seven days this week, and we're going to go through Hell Week together, right? So make sure that you stick with what works. We're not selling workouts. People want solutions. So make sure you're branding what you're doing and make sure you're putting it in a term. Now, you should have a perpetual live content, but you should also be supplementing in, this is my eight-week series, this is my four-week series, um, tune in. That's tip one. Tip two 
is uh, put on your, your game face before you go live. Even more important now, everyone can, can tell you that uh, the power uh, of introverts in our industry is pretty great. There's so many fantastic things. Some of the deepest relationships happen there. But when you go to the movies, when you go to listen to your podcast, you're really looking for an experience. Just like movie Gladiator, where the where the Gladiator Russell Crowe picks up the sand and he kind of rubs it in his hand, or the opera singer who warms up behind stage, or the 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 guitar player who in, uh, warms up his instrument, right? You need to before you go live, get yourself pumped up, put your game face on, because remember, this is a show. Again, not very different from what we were already doing in your classes, but they need to tune in and they need to part have part of an experience with you. Okay? So number two is make sure you got your game face on when you go live. My third tip, um, if you can, and this is just for the, the folks that can, if you can have a second person on with you, that would be your moderator that can give real-time live feedback to your participants it'll be that much more engaging. So I'll be doing my hit class, I'll be doing my burpees, and then I've got Amy standing right next to me on camera giving feedback saying, Jared, you're doing fantastic. Billy, your form is crap. You know, Jesse, come on, you can do better than this. I've seen you live, right? The more engaging you can make your, uh, pot, or your, your solution, the more people are going to stay with it. They're going to stay loyal because it's an experience that they're now part of. Just like meetings, we always judge meetings, uh, whether it was a good meeting or a bad meeting, based on how much we were able to interact. Remember, this isn't just a show. This is an engagement. So while you're giving the virtual class, try to be interacting, engaging, pulling back and forth. Even better, if you have a moderator, let them do that for you. Let them say, you're doing awesome, right? So when you're on stage doing the thing, John Doe's right next to you shouting to the crowd, hey, keep it up, come on, you guys can do this. My fourth tip is make sure you personalize the first five minutes and the last five minutes of every class, right? A to B, class begins at zero minutes, class ends at 45 minutes. That's the widget, that's the donut that we all make. We can, we can talk about how do we make the thing better, how do we make the car better, how can we make the, the program better, but what's going to keep people coming back to you is the personalization, the, uh, the relationship that you have established with them. So you need to, I learned this from Thomas, which I know you're also a huge fan of Thomas Palmer. He once said that at the end of every class, he asked everyone to come in, do this big group hug, this big sweaty group hug, and he thanks them for their time, thanks them for their, their loyalty, um, and if they don't, he actually lets group instructors go for things like that because he understands and he knows that it's the relationships that keep this thing going, not just the solution. Tip five, ask your participants to share a sweaty selfie after each and every class you have with a dedicated hashtag. Now, I can tell you a lot of the older folks like myself in the industry think this hashtag thing is crazy, right? You know, why, why does it do hashtag, I don't know what I'm talking about. What hashtags allow you to do is give yourself a searchable piece of content that they can get right to you. So whether I search on Facebook or on Google or on Twitter, 
what it does is it allows me to say that I'm going to to get right to this one specific piece, this this Mel's hit class that happens at 6 p.m. And mobilizing your members, your participants, with the hashtag and the sweaty selfie after every class will just drive engagement because we're still a business. We still want to grow. In the beginning, it was really about sustaining, right? We've gone from enriching lives to now we're trying to sustain business, but we need to get back to enriching lives again because that's what people need. So when they share these things, they share how awesome your your solution is. Others see that online and they want to be a part of it. They want to understand what's going on. They want to they want to try one of your free virtual classes, which we'll talk about in the very next tip here, right? That's tip six. If you do not know this this these terms, you need to write this down, everybody. Virtual event platforms. Virtual event platforms are where people can go to find out information or participate in various events all around the world and online. So Eventbrite is a good example. Eventbrite has this virtual uh, ticketing system. So I can go on there right now and say, you know what, I'm offering my booty boot camp class on free for Sunday, open to the community, and I'm gonna post it on Eventbrite, and here's the details to get into my call. All I need you to do is register with Eventbrite for free, and you can participate in my free open community class. Here's why you wanna do it on a virtual event platform and not just do it over Facebook. Everyone's doing it over Facebook right now free because again, we're thinking I just need to sustain my business. I don't need to grow it right now. I just need to stay in business. You could have millions of people show up to watch your Facebook live account. And when they tune out, you have nothing to follow up with. There's nobody to thank. There's nobody to message. There's nobody to invite in. And the world is going to start spinning again at some point. By going to a virtual event platform, it has a ticketing option, even though it's free, they still have to put in their name, their contact information, and their email address to register for your free class. And what this allows you to do is pull a list of leads that you can start soft marketing to, inviting them to maybe a free members-only piece of content, or when you reopen, can start really prospecting them to get them inside the door, saying, hey, I saw that you took 15 of my virtual classes. We'd love for you to meet Jared face-to-face -face now. What's your schedule look like on Tuesday? Right. So make sure you're getting on at least one to five classes a week onto a virtual event platform. There's Eventbrite. There's Meetup. There's VFairs. There's a ton of them out there. You just have to Google those searches and you'll find them. My seventh tip is to remember that people want to associate, they want to align, and they want to wear the stuff that you put out if they like you, right? Consumers nowadays will not do business with a big brand that they don't feel like aligns with their belief system. They also like to wear your swag. So for example, Nine Rounds uh, gives out uh, boxing gloves and as you advance in classes, you, you go from one class to X classes to X plus 100 classes. You go from black gloves, red gloves, gold gloves, right? It's a status symbol, right? SoulCycle has these awesome spinning shoes and things like this. The, this swag is everywhere. Anytime you can create status uh, and exclusivity, you should, right? So try to, to create some kind of of gear or logo or banner that they can put on their social media 
that that shows that they're a, a, a fan of yours, they're aligned with what you're trying to accomplish, right? So everyone who socially shares your your uh, offer, maybe they get a free 20-minute consult um, where you're going to help advise on how they can better their space at home or how they can build their own equipment because most people don't have squat racks in their house. But we can give them options like the water jugs and the milk jugs and all these, all these things. Um, so just remember that people really want... To, to, to interact with you. They want to align with you. They want to be a part of this. Um, I'm going to continue on that vein there real quick to say that make sure you're humanizing yourself. Um, this is virtual. This is like, this is new for everybody, right? They can't physically see you, or you. They can't physically touch you or interact with you or kind of, kind of see your, your, your directions. Um, but they still want to know you. So there, there's this 80-20 rule online for social media and advertising, um, that's basically 20% of your content should be sales-driven or sales invitations or or some kind of way of driving new business. But the other 80% needs to be fun, engaging, value adds. Like, you know, this is my tip for nutrition in the pandemic, right, when you're at the bottom of the basement. This is repost from an article that I think is fantastic and you guys are like, this is my um, meme that I just think is hilarious, right? So 80%, four out of five pieces should be adding value or adding entertainment value. And only 20%, one out of five, should be, hey guys, by the way, I'm offering a master's class by invitation only on Saturdays for the best of the best um, right now. If you'd like to apply, submit your name now and we're going to review the 10 people who will make it into this class. The other thing to do with, with this, this this associate piece is make sure you're offering challenges, right, in the 80-20 rule. Uh, you could even have people post pictures like rate my setup, hashtag rate my setup, right? And you can see what their workout setup is in their basement right now. You can do a burpee challenge. Really big right now is these crazy plank challenges. Everyone's doing um, things with goats standing on their back or people planking in these towers. Um, challenges are powerful. Challenges are, are a way of asking for your followers to interact with you and interact with their own people, which again will, will increase interest, desire, uh, and hopefully action to get more people in your virtual content. I don't remember the name of the, the location, so I have to apologize. It's somewhere in California. There's this Pilates studio that had to close its doors when the, uh, the, the closure started to happen. They had just over 100 members. Now they have over a thousand people tuning in every other day for their virtual content because they have created an experience. They have weeded themselves out from the average and have become this elite platform. And there's no doubt now that they're going to be able to offer that virtual premium content that costs a little bit more, a little bit of a membership piece. And when they open their doors, people are going to be flocking into the facility, right? So make sure you're engaging. And the last piece I'm going to ask is, is, is to continue asking for referrals. And that means incentivizing, inviting the non-members to class, right? So how do we get people to recommend us? It's no different than what is in person, right? All behaviors are basically dictated socially, morally, or economically. If you can create a promotion that appeals to all three, even better, right? So I'll go to Jane Doe and say, Jane Doe, thank you so much for being a valued member here. Um, 
I'm trying to grow my open community class right now from 20 people to 30 people. If you're willing to share this, I will give you a free 15, 20-minute hour, whatever you want to call it, consult on how to better your space or how to help you with your nutrition, whatever value you can uniquely bring to the table. Um, and what it does is people want to help. We're helpers by nature. We all want to, when somebody says, I, I need something from you, can you help me? They, they default to yes, generally. You just have to give them some small motivation. They have to like you. They have to believe you. They have to want to share this with you. And if you can give them a small incentive as well, then all the better. Right? So that's my eight tips to really quickly summarize. Right, People want solutions, not workouts. So don't just sell your live class. What are we doing? Is it a four-week booty boot camp class? Fantastic. I'm in. Right? Make sure you put your game face on every single day. You know, There's no bad days. You, you don't get the luxury of going on your virtual class and moping because you're competing against a million other people who are not. So get your game face on. If you can have somebody moderating your class live and giving real-time feedback while you're teaching, even better. Personalize, always, always, always personalize. If you can see the people that are participating in class, thank them by name. Kelly, thank you for showing up this morning. Jane, thank you for showing up this morning. Sherry, thank you for showing up this morning. And always personalize the last five minutes. Make sure you're asking them after every class or every other class, however you want to do it, to put a sweaty selfie up with a hashtag. Make sure you're on these virtual event platforms because I'm going to be honest with you, we're, a lot of us have mobilized to making it through until we can reopen. But the world is innovating. Fitness has already moved to a portfolio approach, right? So 20 years ago, uh, and Mel, you can, you can validate this, it used to be you go to the gym and you only did what was available in the box, Right? Maybe it was your treadmill, maybe it was your class, maybe it was strength equipment, but you only do what's there. But today, people have their watch for counting their steps, they have their phone for counting their calories, they have their big box for their, their treadmill and their, their cardio, and then they have their niche or they have their boutique for you know the specific solution like boxing that they wanted. On demand was another leg of that coming into the, the, the continuum uh, of wellness. So it's here to stay, and it basically just had a lot of gasoline pulled on it. So all this content you're putting up online now is not temporary. You, we are looking to create continuing virtual content because the world has moved on to this innovative state. And for those of us that believe that after this ends, that we're just going to pull down all our virtual content and go on, I hate to say it, but I truly believe people are going to expect this in the way that they want it, how they want it. And so if you don't have a leg, a virtual component, a library of content that they can access as a member only, then you're going to be at a disadvantage from those who do, those who do innovate for it. Tip seven was simply people want to associate and line with your stuff, so get them to social, share your logos. If you can get them to wear your shirts in your class, even better. Um, and finally, just keep asking for referrals. Ask people to, to invite others to your open classes or even a guest pass to your members' exclusive virtual content and incentivize them. Give them a reason to do it. Thank them for doing it every time. And so that's just my basic eight tips for how you're going to weed yourself out from the average to the elite. Jason, those eight tips will set up somebody's business for the next 10 years. <laughs> they are absolutely amazing. Loved every single tip. I just want to um, ask you a couple of questions about them. Now, first of all, I totally agree with number five. Ask for a pick, create your own hashtag, 
because that's going to help drive engagement. I love that one. We're actually doing that uh, in our club. You know, the opening of five minutes at the start and five minutes at the end, you know, I have always said to my own team, if you don't grab your class in the first five minutes when you start your class, it's going to be extremely hard to get them back and to be working out with you in a positive manner. So totally agree with you there. Selling solutions. Everybody wants a solution to a problem. I think that is a is a great one. And you don't see, you don't really see a lot of marketing generated towards I can give you a solution to your problem right now. It's um I think this is my personal opinion with marketing at the moment. We are so busy out there telling people um, that they they don't look good that they need to look better instead of telling people that it's okay to be any shape or size come over here in this corner over here and we're just going to make you feel better more healthier i think we spend a lot of time you know with these with the booty camps with with the challenges it's all smash 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 or come and do 5000 lunges today and i promise you your booty's going to look like that i think we need to go a little bit deeper on the way we sell our solutions um the virtual event platforms, Eventbrite, this is a fantastic idea. So I strongly suggest to any trainer that was listening throughout the podcast to think about what Jason just said. Every day you're getting up on Facebook and you're telling the people only on your Facebook page, uh, repeat that, only on your Facebook page that you're doing a 9am tummy, hips and thighs class. Wouldn't it be fantastic if you were to turn that into an event and then put some sponsored dollars behind it and advertise that to everybody in your community, you're then going to create a database that allows you to tap into people that you haven't tapped into before. So I think that that is um, an excellent, excellent idea. Totally agree with you. Um, yeah, people want to align with your beliefs. If you're someone that's you know about getting up there with, with half-naked clothes on, and that's not something that you believe in, then you're only going to create those people as your as your audience. So I think that that's a great idea. Everybody loves status, and that's why I love MyZone. Um, we have MyZone in our club, and every virtual class that I filmed over the last couple of weeks has had the MyZone screen in the background, and everybody fights for their points to, to outbeat somebody at the club, or they want to climb that ladder and finally get to the Hall of Fame. So I totally agree with that. Referrals, this is really interesting. Um, let's go a little bit deeper. How can we create refer referrals virtually? So let's use me as an example, all right? I'm going out there, Jason. Um, I'm saying to my members, hey, hey, I've just uploaded five classes to our virtual programs. Uh, come do the workouts with me, da da da, da. How, What sort of message should I send as an instructor or as a club owner when I'm prompting them to go to my platform to give me referrals. Besides saying, hey, share my post. I've just uploaded five classes. Share this, tag your friends. What are some of the other ways that I can get referrals? So great questions. Um, here's one I want to, to add to that. So um, social sharing is going to be crucial right now. We used to have the luxury before the closures to say, you know what? There's 75 different social media programs out there. I'm just going to be on Facebook, like you said. I'm going to do Facebook. I'm not going to do Instagram. I'm not going to do Twitter. I'm not going to do Pinterest or YouTube, right? We no longer have the luxury of only 
choosing the one platform that we're going to act on primarily now. So one of my prerequisite tips I usually get to, to really getting to this elite strategy piece is you have to go out immediately and create accounts on every single one of these social pieces because we need to meet our people where they're at. Some of them are going to use LinkedIn more than they're going to use Facebook. Some are going to be on Twitter and Twitter and Instagram. Some are even going to be on Pinterest. So you need to expand your social communication portfolio immediately. Now, I'm not going to give any names. I don't want to turn this into a commercial. But there's actually software out there that will allow you to push send once, and it will push your content, your hashtag, to every one of these social media challenges. Because I know all of us are busy. I know Mel works 70 hours a week, and I'm working 70 hours a week. Gosh forbid I now have to spend uh, at two hours a day creating hashtags on nine different platforms, right? So simplify your life. But the first thing you need to know is we have to be on every platform because our members are going to be on different platforms. Now we need to create a simple, uh, executable invitation that we can share with our members that they can share with their friends. So sales fundamentals are still sound, right? It needs to achieve their attention. It has to achieve their, their interest their desire, and then very clear directions on action. How am I going to get engaged, right? So the first thing we need to do is talk about the, the, the ad. You have to have a compelling reason why somebody wants to be a part of your class. So if all it is is this blank virtual ticket that says, hey, you get one free class to Jason's hit class, that does nothing because there's millions of hit classes on there, right? What's going to get them into the class is that Judy loves you truly, and Judy wants you to be there. Um, my favorite way to, to encourage referrals, uh, again, is to personally ask and thank them one-on-one, uh, -on -one, not to do it digitally if I don't have to, um, and two, to incentivize the behavior by saying, everyone that comes to my class free, you'll get this. But for everyone who enrolls in a paid or premium content piece, they're gonna get, you're going to get this, and they're going to get this. The rule in referrals is you always treat the referral source better than you treat the referral, right? When we, when we talk about our social circle, it's actually not even a circle, it's a pyramid. What you're gonna find is you have 100 members, you're connected to most of them through probably 15 people. These are what you call your sneezers. You wanna work on these 15 people primarily to build your business because they're the ones that are they're gonna give, I, and actually in the pandemic, I shouldn't call them sneezers, I'm saying that, but you know, they're the ones that are gonna share your awesome content. So ask them personally, ask these 15 people personally, incentivize their behavior, create a compelling ad, a compelling ask that they can simply just share, like forward this email to your 15 friends, and that's the greatest way to do that. So that's the easiest way to get that, that going. Remember, if you have somebody who's, who's um, gone from the engagement phase with your facility to the retention to now the recapture phase, sending them an email saying to ask for referrals does you no good because they're not even coming in the first place. So the dig where the ground is softest and start with your super users. Call each of your super users. They are worth your time. This is something worthy of, of the owners and the operator's time to thank them and ask them for their help. All right? That's my first tip there. And then can I circle back? Because you, you, what I love about you most is that you speak the truth. And I love that you called me out about the booty boot camp piece. So can I add <laughs> and expand on that real quick? Yes, Honestly, you can. <laughs> So I'm with you. Uh, yoga does this well. Yoga talks a lot about um, going from a state of doing to a state of being, right? We all think that I need to lose five pounds, so I'm going to do the thing, and then eventually I'm going to get there and I'm going to be happier, right? And that's not what, 
wellness is anymore. This is the spectrum. Mindfulness is equally as powerful. So when I said create a, a five-week um, hell week class, we also offer mindfulness and meditation. You know, uh, We need to help people not only achieve these, these goals physically, but they also need to help them find this, this level of comfort with who they are, who their family is, how they fit in the spectrum of wellness. It's no longer fitness as much as it is wellness, right? And so thank you for expanding on that because that is such a crucial piece. I mean, it is true though. And, you know, Jason, I was just listening to you then about the mindfulness. I find that, you know, on our virtual um, platform, we drop some yoga classes and we drop some meditation, right? And everybody keeps going for the hardcore stuff. And I don't just—I don't just mean like hit classes, but you know they're going for the step classes. They're going—they're going for all the hoo-ha stuff. And I notice that the yoga and the mindfulness stuff hasn't had as many hits as the other stuff. I sometimes think to myself, do people think that they don't need that? That they yeah. are resilient to needing help? To need? I, what do you sure. think? No, I appreciate you said that. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think there's still, you're totally right. There's still this social stigma around, um, I won't go so far as say mental health because that's not really what it's about. But you're right. Our, our, our entire marketing industry is fear-based, right? Uh, you have to get your uh, online identity locked by buying our solution, right? Um, you need to not miss out on this fitness class because if you don't make time for health now, you're going to make time for sickness later, right? So everything's fear-generated to drive action. When with, with the mindfulness and the meditation piece, right, we're all fearful that if we don't do the, the fitness piece of it, um, that we're not going to achieve true happiness. And we neglect this state of thankfulness for uh, our current state of being and for, for the efforts. Um, I, I spent 20 years as a personal trainer, certified personal trainer. In the beginning of my career, I spent mostly with an elderly, uh, an aged population, an older adult population. I don't think we call them seniors anymore, we call them older adults. Um, shows my age. <laughs> what I truly learned from that was that I need to appreciate and value my health now, right? Uh, I have this unbelievable appreciation that when I get out of bed, my knees still feel great. My hips are still fantastic, right? I'm not having breathing issues. Um, so I'm totally with you. The industry has not evolved yet. It's getting better to this, this mindfulness, this awareness piece that is so important. And we really need to plant the seeds in that garden uh, so that tomorrow my daughters, my, my son, um, do not feel like they've let themselves down because they didn't lose five pounds every week for the next five yeah. weeks. We're, we're doing them a disservice to professionals if we leave that legacy. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Jason. Jason, I could talk to you all day long. Unfortunately, our podcast doesn't go all day long. I'm hoping that you're going to be speaking um, at FIBO USA this year because I believe that you have a tremendous amount of value to add to our industry. Today, I spoke to Jason Stowell and he gave you eight tips to survive. I, I wrote a, a post today on LinkedIn and um, pretty much these are the words that I wrote and I believe that Jason's eight tips are going to help you through this period. Don't assume that you own your own space. Your space no longer exists. 
We now have a global saturation of online workouts and experts and suppliers now competing for your space, your career and your client. Loyalty went out the door when we shut the doors and Zoom shares doubled. Regardless of our role, there has never been a better time to reinvent you and your brand. Don't follow, but lead. Make a change, evolve, create a bigger, bolder future for you. Consider this your second chance. And in business, I know that that's, that's what I'm doing. Jason, your eight tips are absolutely incredible. And I do know that they are going to help a lot of fitness business professionals at these uncertain times. But I see it as a time of opportunity. And I know that you think that also. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, because I know that you're doing some consulting work and that you're more than happy to chat to people, where is the best place for everyone to get in touch with you? I love, love, love connecting on LinkedIn. Um, that's my preferred way. If you just search Jason Soul, you'll find me on there. Uh, after I just gave this big pitch about getting on every social media channel, you can find me on a number. But LinkedIn is my preference. Um, and it, it's what you just said was so powerful and so important. And I really hope that your listeners really, really absorb that uh, and move on and, and create actionables from it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Jason. And again, thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. As I said, I've spoken to Jason Stowell today. He's a 25-year veteran. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. I really hope that he does get to speak at FIBO USA. I know that I'll be standing behind uh, voting for you to get up there and to pass on some incredible, amazing fitness business tips I'd like to remind everybody that today's podcast, the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast was proudly sponsored by FitRec Fitness Professionals for Registration. Thank you for your time today, Jason. Thank you so much. It was an honor.